Mother was just a mother was just sitting, pre finish uh, preparing her Sunday school material, running through in order to teach the class afterwards. And uh, while doing that, that she prepared breakfast for her children to get ready for Sunday school. All right, and her sons, uh, Takmin was uh, six years old, and Ryan was five years old. And uh, before they go, they sat at the table to have their breakfast. While sitting there, there was an argument that broke out between Takmin and Ryan. Who would get the bigger piece of pancake? And the mother saw that there was an opportunity to teach a moral lesson. And so the mother told the boys, and she said that if Jesus was sitting here, he would say, let my brother have the bigger pancake. Let my brother have the bigger pancake. And Tuckman turned to his younger brother and said to him, Ryan, today you'll be Jesus. <laughs> but Ryan did not want to lose out. Immediately, he began to pray. He said that God, you sent Jesus onto this world. And before he began his ministry, you tested him in the desert. And you tested him in the, as the devil came to test him and try him. He was hungry. And the devil tempted him and said that turn this stone into bread. And Ryan prayed, God, this time I ask for the opposite. Turn the pancake into stone. Now we are all, and many of us are all involved in ministry of God, and because uh, these things are the things of God, and we need to be very, really serious about what we are doing. So it is important as we serve the Lord that we are not doing it out of our own strength or out of the ways that we want to do it or out of our convenience but we want to really do it the way that God wanted and to be empowered in doing so. Okay? And uh, because this ministry of God has far-reaching consequences and uh, the people's eternity are being at stake. And so we have to be really careful about how we do it. All right? And uh, so as ministers of the Lord and as a priest of the living God, we really want to depend and uh, tap into God for His power and also at the same time, we really want to be involved in praying and uh, so that we will really be uh, immersed into the ministry of the living God, that we will cover everything with prayer. And so this morning, I want to preach on carrying out the ministry with prayer for maximum effectiveness for maximum effectiveness. And we want to submit and allow God to have His way so that they will achieve the purposes, so that God would not be disappointed and we will also not be disappointed with our shortcomings. So the title of my message this morning is Prep with Prayer. And I want to take this passage from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to verse 20. And many of us know that this passage of Scripture have to do with the armor of God. And I want to go further from that. Let's look at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says here, Finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. 
Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasion, with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak words, may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage, Lord, that exalts us, each and every one of us, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, to put on the pieces of the armour. And we know that these pieces are not physical, but they are something that we can really uh, practice ourselves, something that is in us, that when we are good at them, we have put on the armour of God. And so we pray that you will speak to us, that even as we are empowered, as we are ready, we pray and we stand our ground. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to ministry. We commit ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. So by now that we are all familiar with Ephesians chapter 6, right? So about the armor of God and many of us would be able to recite and tell us what are all these pieces about. Okay? And Paul described to us the different pieces of the armor. And these, are, these, these pieces are common that the Roman soldier would wear and put on. So the people who hear this, uh, they, they do not misunderstand. They know that what they are because they, saw, they, they will probably see the Roman soldiers with all this kind of thing going from place to place just like us uh, seeing the policemen on the road. So it is something very common and when Paul talks about this, uh, they understand. And Paul used these pieces to apply metaphorically for the believer's protection. Okay? As if that they can put on uh, to protect against spiritual forces. Now, we, cannot, we know that we cannot fight spiritual enemies with physical things, right? Okay? The Bible already told us so that our weapons our, of warfare are not physical, they are spiritual and they have uh, power to tear down strongholds. Okay? And so Paul gave us the imagery of the armor. The spiritual enemies are in spirit, and evil as we read in that passage and they are in high places of influence of power 
and they can do great things, great damage to the people of God. And the meaning of these pieces of the armor were told to us already. And after, I would say that after that we have them in our conviction, that we believe the truth, we believe the, the, the righteousness and so on. It, uh, and when we acknowledge them and we put them into practice, we put the truth into practice, the righteousness, the gospel, the faith that we can have, and our salvation and the word, when we are really convicted and convinced in our belief, in our practices, then we can say that we have already put on the full armor of God. Now all of us should be very convinced about all this, that we know that these are all metaphorically speaking by Paul. Okay, they are not the physical pieces. It brings out the meaning so that they can understand. But for us, we need to be convicted about all these things. We need to be convicted about the truth of God, about the righteousness of God that is imputed to us, okay? about faith that we should have in believing and trusting God and so on and so forth. Right? What is required for us now, after we have put on the armour of God, Paul begins to tell us in the next section here, from verse uh, 18 onwards, okay? That we should stand our ground. We should pray and stand our ground. This is the thing that we can do and we have to do. So in these few verses here, I can gather that at least there are four words, four times the word stand is being mentioned. Stand our ground, to stand again, to stand and to stand. And that would tell us the importance of after that you are really put on the armor and the things of God, you need to stand and you need to confront evil. Okay, it emphasizes to us the importance of resisting, all right? Resisting and holding out against the enemy. And we know that Jesus has won. Jesus has fought the battle and he has won over the evil one. We are set free now and thus we have the victory and we are not bound and we are not defeated. But the devil is still going around like a roaring lion. And somebody say, his roar is, his, his what? His roar is worse than his toothless bite. Okay. And he tried to inti intimidate the believers, you know, by roaring at your ears. But he cannot do much because he is a defeated foe. And we should not be afraid of them because Jesus has already defeated them and we can defeat them and we can defeat them just as well. And every one of us should be rejoicing with this. And Paul went on to encourage the believers to pray at all times, to pray at all times with all kinds of prayer and to pray for him so that he would fearlessly declare the word of God as it being traveling around as an evangelist. And he wanted his believers to progress and grow in spite of the disturbances that the devil can bring about. Now we know that the history of Paul as he traveled about he do have difficult moments, but that he encouraged his people, his listener, to pray for him. So why we do ministry with prayer? First of all, it is because 
it opens communication with God. It opens communication with God. Prayer is basically communicating with God. And the greatest thing is that the Almighty God wants to hear us to pray to Him, wants us to communicate to Him. Now, He is not a dumb idol that many of these that we see on the roadside or somewhere else that cannot do anything. But God is the one that listens and wants us to communicate with Him. And some people equate prayer as talking with God. But I think that prayer is more than just mere talking because it covers a wide range of communications. It involves the complexity of the matter that we are facing. Okay? Sometimes it's a very complicated matter that we face. Okay? And we have our emotions that are involved. We are who we are. God made us with emotions. And we have a will because we desire something, something else. And we have our intellect. We have a mind that thinks for ourselves. And we, are, we have a passion. And we have our, our uh, just as who we are, our being. And because of all this, okay, the matter is not so simple. Okay? Besides the word that we read from, from the Bible that speaks to us, God is also speaking to us in a small inner voice. And all of us can testify that God that we worship is speaking to us every day. And so we, we are not having, a, as I say, a dumb idol, but God that communicates to us just as much as we want to communicate with Him. It is a two-way traffic, and it is the God that we serve, not an image, not the representation, but a person that speaks to us as we speak to Him. This is our God. That's why in prayer, it opens communication with Him. And He is speaking to us even in these confusing and dark times. When there are no blockages in communication, when there is something, there's nothing that is in between that is uh, breaking our communication with God, our message is being received and we trust God to act on our prayers. We trust God. After we have prayed, we trust God. It is no small thing when God enters into the picture and He can change things 180 degrees around. When God is in the picture, hallelujah, great things take place and we love that. Therefore, we need to trust Him to work things out for us just because He knows better. Because he knows how to answer us. Now, prayer is a lifestyle of communication with God. It is a lifestyle in which we develop a deep, intimate relationship with God and our heavenly, uh, with our heavenly Father. We develop and grow in that. All right? Yeah. You look at the young people when they are in love, they are really, uh, they can speak and talk and... All the sweet nothing is okay with them. Right? So when I am married after for 35 years, then you see that you are not talking anymore. <laughs> Our Heavenly Father wants us to communicate with Him. And so this deep, intimate relationship with the Father 
is what allows us to become acquainted with his heart. We begin to understand what his desires are. And we no longer spend, and we, the longer we spend time in prayer, we begin to feel the heart of God and we begin to know what his desire is for even the matter that we are praying about. Many times we have needs and we pray to God and many times God answers us as we pray about that need and we begin to be convicted and convinced that God is speaking and giving us tips and answers to our prayer as we pray. So you don't need to go to a prophet, you don't need to go to seek for other uh, uh, things, other people, other ministry to confirm. As you wait upon the Lord, as you trust the Lord, you will receive the answers from Him. The Almighty God hears our prayer. He is favorable to us and understand our situation and knows how to help us accordingly. Alright? That's why I say that many times we have our will. We want it this way. But then God knows better. He answered it in a bigger picture. So we have to trust in the Lord. He does not judge us because we have small minds. He does not judge us because we have preconceived ideas. But He wants us to trust Him fully. As we pray, let us be enveloped in His will. And our ministry facing, so, I, so many of us who are in ministry, so are our ministry facing a lack of manpower or volunteers? Okay? Where are we when we are needed to shoulder things together? Are our ministry facing a blank high wall without a breakthrough in sight? Can we see a way to bring breakthrough even ourselves? Are we lost for direction and planning? Are we running out of ideas, motivation and resources? And all of you know what I'm talking here about. And all, because all these matters are common with us who serve. We can run out of ideas. We can run out of motivation. We can run out of plans even. And these are all the common things. And God wants us to communicate to Him in prayer. And I'm sure that we have done that already, that we have prayed. And so what we need to do now is to wait on Him, to wait on Him, that He will bring about a resolution to our needs. So can we wait? Definitely we can wait. We praise the Lord that someone has stepped in the picture to help us. Okay? As Brother Arthur is having a rest, that we can still have the manpower to continue to serve as traffic warden. A healthy, intimate relationship with God will do away with a lot of anxieties and will restore confidence in the God that we serve. Praise the Lord. Now that the pandemic is over already, huh? most of us can say that the pandemic is over and we are back into full ministry force, so we need to revitalize ourselves. We need to motivate ourselves again. And so Subang Jaya Assembly of God needs to go on and you are all invited to serve along. And all of us can stand in. 
our life kits and our life care needed a lot of more volunteers to serve. And will you rise to the occasion? And the doors are open. And what will be our response to all this? All right? So we need to really respond because we are back in full force of ministry again. And I trust that all of us will take up the challenge and rise to the occasion. Secondly, why ministry with prayer? Because prayer brings in the power of God. Ministry brings in, uh, prayer brings in the power of God. Prayer is where we access the power of God for our life. We all realize that we are finite. And as finite beings, we don't have control in all situations. And there will be times that we need divine help. There will be times that we need God to step into the picture. And I thank God for this verse in Philippians 4.13. Paul says that I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And the work of Paul is no small thing during his time. He has undertaken four missionary journeys. He has planted so many churches that have to face with so many issues of the church. And yet he said that he can do all things because of the power of Christ that acts in him. And I was very encouraged with the words that were spoken in Colossians. That is the same power that raised God, uh, raised Christ from the dead is residing with us. What else is there that we cannot do? What else is there that we can find it so challenging that we can be cowed down by our circumstances? We all acknowledge that Paul had achieved much for God because God's power really was at work in him in all the circumstances. Often it is in prayer that we also discover new perspective and realize that God has already been there and answered our prayers. It's just that we did not see it coming. And our problems can be resolved. It is usually in a desperate situation, I believe so, that when it is totally uncontrollable, that we cry to God and He shows up and delivers us. Praise the Lord. But it's not a, only in big things that God shows up with His power, but in all things, in answers to prayer, that he shows off his power when we surrender to him. Amen. It's not in big things only that God would show up. In our everyday thing, God shows up when we surrender to him. Yeah. When we are willing to submit to him, when we are willing to wait on him, when we are willing to uh, surrender to him, that's when he steps into the picture. What it means to say is when we call to him in prayer, we are calling for God for His resolution. We surrender to Him for His resolution. We surrender to Him for His will. We, we ask God for His way. Now, King Saul was a classic example of a self-centered man. And he had no regards for God. And even though he cannot submit to God, because we read in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 28, uh, from verse 5 to verse 6, 
Uh, he desperately needed God's intervention because the Philistine army, this enormous army, has come to fight him and to take over Judah and the land of Israel. This is this, the arch uh, enemy of Israel. The Philistine has always come and disturbed them for decades. When he was desperate to look for divine help and there was nothing for him. There was nothing for him. He called to God, but God had rejected him. Just as in his lifetime, he rejected God. And this time when he was in deep need, God rejected him, did not turn up. He called even for the dead prophet Samuel to rise from his, from his rest, from, his, from, his, from being dead. And Samuel confirmed to him that God has rejected him. And of course, later on in the story, he was killed in the battle with the Philistine together with his sons. He was clearly in contravention to God and he paid dearly for his insolence, for his pride. He wasn't a man of prayer and he never really expected or experienced God in his life. After his anointing, things changed. After he became king, things changed. And now when he's in his deepest need, God did not show up. Because there was no intimate relationship. There was no regard for God at all. So this is a lesson that we can learn. Let's be careful when we are alive while on earth. Man can do a lot of things to help himself. But there will be times when there is nothing one can do. It is in time like this that we need most the power of God to come in. And we have a lot of situation that we can testify the power of God coming in. And men have this contradiction to address. I want to let you know that it is when we are in good times we, we tend to put God aside and man cares only for himself, for his comfort and for his convenience. But when there is nothing to control the unfavorable situation, he calls on the Lord and expects God to come and deliver him. This way is a pretty precarious position to take. While we are in good terms with the Lord, Let's build on our prayer life. So I say to us all, don't let unfavorable situation beset us. But build on our prayer life and experience God consistently so that we have the confidence to sail through during our down times, during the times when we face some darkness. We need to have that relationship with God. We need to have that power of God to come upon us. So let's be prepared by prayers. What I want to emphasize here is to experience God before, before any unfavorable things come our way. 
Now it's common to say that man is born into trouble. Whether you like it or not, they will come and visit you. So let's be prepared before these things come, that we are strong ourselves. And I want as many of us to come to pray on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we have prayer meeting. In these end times, we need to pray and not play. Okay? Come to pray on Sunday morning and on Wednesday nights. Build up our prayer life for the power of God to operate in us. Many of us do not experience God because we are very lax in our spiritual walk with the Lord. When we want the power of God and we want to see the, the manifestation of God, then we need to take on spirituality. We need to pray. We need to seek the Lord. And this is when you are involved with the Lord. That's where you see the power of God in operation. We see the days now are getting darker and darker. And we will experience more of these things that will happen and more of this as the end times draw near. We really need to see and experience the power of God that can help us to sail through in our down times. And thirdly, pray because it takes away our burden. And I think that this is a favorite part of all the message here. Okay? It takes away our burden. The barrier that keeps us from praying is not whether we it's not whether we think God is strong enough to help us. Okay? But whether we are humble enough to bow the knees and submit and admit that we need help. Okay? The barrier is that keep us from praying is not whether or not we think God is strong enough to help us, but whether we are humble enough to bow the knee, to submit and to admit that we need help. Many of us, however, distance ourselves from God, wondering if He is really interested in the issues that we face because of who we are. We have not drawn too close to the Lord. And so we feel a bit guilty and we think that God doesn't really care. But deep in our heart, we know we are still sinners and many of us, we can confess that and we still need the grace of God in our life. And so in Psalms 55 verse 22, it says that cast your cares on Him, on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. You know why the righteous cannot fall? Because, because we are being imputed with the righteousness of God. God gave us that righteousness and we belong to Him. We are the child of the living God. We belong to Him and so we can be secure in Him. We can rest in Him. That's why God said He will uphold us with His righteous right hand. He will watch over us. So, God takes away our burden. We can rest secure in Him. And this is an open invitation to us to de-stress. We are very stressed. So we need to de-stress okay, by handing our burdens over to Him for good 
please don't take back the burden when you give it to God. After we handed, don't take back, don't remind him even, or even take it back. See? God will help and carry us through. You know, a young man bearing a heavy load was walking along a long country road. And then after much struggling along the way with a heavy load, a farmer happened to pass by him and with an empty wagon along the way. He has a horse and a wagon and he has no more load in the wagon because he has done his things at the market and he is on his way back. And so the wagon was empty. And looking at the young man with the heavy load, he tells him, come up, skip up, boy. Let me give you a hand. Come along with me. I'll give you a lift. The farmer volunteered to take him, and the boy was grateful. And so the boy with the heavy load climbed up onto the wagon and sit there, but he doesn't put down his wagon, his, his load. And the farmer told the boy, put down your load on the wagon. Now, know what the boy say? Oh, no, sir. It is too much for me to expect you to carry me on your, on your wagon to get on the, together with my load as well. Lo, what is this? You carry, you carry your load up in a wagon and you are still carrying the load on yourself. He was really very uh, foolish, right? You could say. Jesus has come to remove our greatest burden. But that exactly, what, but what exactly is a burden? So a burden can be a load, whether physical, whether it is emotional or spiritual as well. It is a load, something that is on us. It's something which keeps us from being at our best. Something that's holding us down. Okay? We cannot reach for the sky or the stars. It can be a persistent nagging problem or something which confronts us in life which we didn't choose which we didn't want actually like the care of an elderly parent like a physical impairment which leave us something like handicapped others like our health issues we didn't invite and we didn't want to be weak but it happened to us anyway. And then, we need to trust God even with a, with a health issue that is not so promising. Our financial situation, when we are still jobless after we are gone for so many interviews, our intimacy on our spousal relationship, even after we have gone for counselling, this can be upsetting burdens. But God wants us to cast or to hand them over to Him by prayer. And don't ever take them back because they are not for you. You have to trust in His power to allow Him to work things out for us. Because in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28-30, here you have Jesus invites us. 
and say that come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus gave us an open invitation to cast all our cares and burdens on him. And I know that many of us, if we think and start to count, there are endless lists of burdens. But Jesus gave us an invitation to cast all of them to him. So let's take this opportunity to deburden ourselves and allow the power of God to take over. Let us commit to memory and recite this month's memory verse. Okay? Let's show that memory verse. And what do you say? Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. And lean out on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. And He will make your path straight. So I want you to tell your neighbor now. Tell your neighbor, de-stress, brother, sister. De-stress. Cast all. Read that memory verse to your neighbor. Let them know it by heart. Let them know it truly. So next week, when we come back to worship, I expect all of you to be rejoicing and praising the Lord. That you have left your burden to Jesus. Oh, to Jesus, not to me. I cannot do much for you. But Jesus can, en can enter into your picture and do great things for you. Praise the Lord. And pray much. Pray much that the power of God will rest in us. So in concluding this, the ministry of God have to be prepared. And the best is to be prepared with much prayer and much consideration. We are not operating on a parrot format. You know, we are operating on a very on a living and exciting format. Okay, we are not vomiting out what we have been put in, but but our ministry is going to be living and very exciting. And ministry done in the right way are always rewarding and meaningful to all of us. When our ministries are supported with much prayer, they become effective and beneficial to those that we are ministering to. And we will get the satisfaction and we will get a blessing for putting in all the sacrifices. Prayer often Prayer open communications with God. It gets the power from God. It also takes away our burden. So it is a good thing for us to pray. Ministry begins. Ministry will become an experience worthwhile. And we will even grow in our prayer life. And we will enjoy doing what God called us to do. Prayer will become a non-issue as, as, as we pray 
always and without ceasing. As we become an, uh, 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 a second part of our life in prayer, that it is no more an issue that we struggle with or even the time that we are, have to take from somewhere. It is a non-issue when we pray consistently. It is breath to all of us. And so my take is that we begin with prayer even before we get started, before we get headlong into the ministry that we are doing. And we thank God for so many of you who are involved in the ministry of God in this church. And I trust that you will really pray much even before you will ever do a new project or undertake something new in your ministry. And so we invite God into our plans and to guide and to overcome barriers. And now let's begin to learn and to pray to the Lord.